Last year when the Carolina Panthers faced off against the Detroit Lions, they had a struggling offense. This year they also have a struggling offense. Can they repeat what last year's team did? Maybe not set franchise records, but finally right the ship and get their first win of the season. We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we welcome everybody in on a crossover Thursday, Locked On Lions, Locked On Panthers, because Detroit will be hosting Carolina on Sunday at Ford Field. Matt Derry with you from Locked On Lions. Julian Council from Locked On Panthers will go over the top storylines, the matchups, how the Lions can win, how the Panthers can win. We'll get some predictions, all of that today on the Thursday crossover. Thanks for making us your first listen and checking us out wherever you get your podcast. This crossover Thursday episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You just go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Follow me on Twitter at Dairy Speaks. Julian is at Julian Council. JC, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you, Matt. Uh, it's uh, been a while since we last talked, uh, back in December. So good to be uh, back here for the second meeting of the year between the Carolina Panthers and the Lions since they played in the preseason. Excited about this matchup and uh, hoping that maybe Carolina can steal one and finally get a win this season. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you guys are off to an 0-4 start. What's the top storyline? Do, do, do people think this is the week they get well? And how, how upset are some of the fans that uh, they're winless so far? Yeah, no, I don't believe this is the the week that people believe they're going to finally get right. The Carolina Panthers are staring an zero and six start to the season uh, right in the face as they face the Lions this weekend, and then they head next week to Miami, who's not that far removed from putting up seventy points on the Denver Broncos. Now the Panthers' defense is not that bad, but there's not much confidence from the fan base that the Panthers are going to right the ship going into this week against the Lions team that has been tremendous since they started off. What was it? One and seven last year. Well, Dan Campbell's been able to turn that team around with Ben Johnson. One and six. Yep. Yeah. One and six with Ben Johnson. The OC is done there. And I know there's a lot of people here in Carolina who have been upset about Frank Reich and the offense and whether he should be the play caller or not. Uh, Ben Johnson, someone that David Tepper, the owner wanted badly, but, Ben Johnson clearly just wanted to uh, get a little bit more money and stay in Detroit where he actually was happy. So good for him. So that there's an alternative universe where maybe he's a Carolina Panthers head coach. Really the main storyline aside from being 0-4 is the Panthers got a piece of good news on Wednesday as Austin Corbett, their starting right guard from a year ago, tore his ACL in Week 18 against the Saints last year. He is now designated return from the pup list. He has 21 days to come back and be able to play, and the Panthers' offensive line has not been good to start off the season. The injury to Corbett not playing the start first four weeks of the season, but losing Brady Christensen, their starting left guard, has really left them uh, pretty thin there in the interior. where They've really struggled with interior pass rush and be able to stop that and help out the rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. So Austin Corbett on his way back. Now, I don't expect it to happen until probably after the bye week. It's the Lions this week, next week at Miami. Then they have the bye. So that'll be in, within the 21-day period where he can come back. So there's a piece of good news for the Carolina Panthers who are desperate for some good news as they've dealt with a, a ton of injuries to start off the season and, of course, have yet to notch off their first win of the year. Yeah, a couple of storylines here, Julian. And number one, a letdown situation. Should the Lions be looking ahead to Tampa Bay next week? A big 425 showdown down with, with the Bucs, who are 3-1. and one. I think everybody thinks, and I know we'll talk about it later in the yeah. show here, but everybody thinks the Lions are going to win. I don't think there's, like you said, anybody predicting that the Panthers are going to come up north, 
and uh, and do what they did last year to the Lions. Uh, but I think that that let down and, you know, a big emotional win last Thursday against the Packers. How will they play when they're a heavy favorite, nine-point favorite from our friends at FanDuel at home? That's number one. And number two, the Brian Branch situation. Uh, the ankle didn't practice on Wednesday. He has just been unbelievable as a rookie, as that nickel corner and also playing some safety too. Has just been a dominant, dominant player on that back end. And so interesting to see uh, his status moving forward. Certainly the ankle is sore and he hurt it last Thursday. He's had some extra days to rest it. But what is his status? I think will be a, a big issue moving forward. And, and, and again, Aiden Hutchinson, Brian Branch, they get some really good young defensive players. And I'm sure, too, the Lions are looking up. Got to be licking their chops because the last couple of weeks, Desmond Ritter, whatever with him, uh, uh, Jordan Love was decent. Um, and this week they're probably looking up and going, all right, there's a rookie quarterback that hasn't won a game yet that was sacked five times last week. So yeah, how, how's he been doing, by the way, if you had to give him a letter grade, Bryce Young, so far? Uh, I'd probably just give him a C plus. It's been difficult. If you look at the Panthers on paper going to the season, you probably guess that the wide receiver core would struggle. If you're someone outside of Carolina, because I know a lot of fans, for whatever reason, built up Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and his wide receiver core to be something, well, they're quite, quite frankly are not. DJ Chark has had a good season in the past being a Pro Bowl, or y'all just had him the last couple of years in Detroit, but that Pro Bowl season was an anomaly. And he's already dealt with some injuries, the hamstring that cost him week one. He came into Carolina with a foot or ankle issue that was dating back to his time in Detroit. And he has not been as tar targeted as many times as people would have thought. Heading into the season, had a bunch of targets a couple weeks ago against Seahawks when they threw the ball 58 times with Andy Dalton filled in. But I feel like Bryce Young's been okay, but the pieces around him aren't great. Adam Thielen's been fine. But aside from Adam Thielen, there hasn't been a consistent receiving option in any of the four games that they played so far, at least the three games that he has started. The offensive line, as I mentioned, it's been bad, and that's in part because of injuries, Austin Corbett and Brady Christensen, but also Iki Aquano, their left tackle, who they drafted in the first round last year, he's regressed. He had four false starts in the loss in Seattle. The, mm. the game-ending sack on Sunday from Harrison Smith, who went unblocked three times in that game, he went right past Iki Aquano. So Iki Aquano, his regression is not something that people saw. So the regression in the offensive line, uh, the lack of separation from the wide receivers and just talent overall at wide receiver, and then – you know, the predictable play calling as well from Frank Reich, that has made the situation difficult for Bryce Young. And I feel like he's handled as best as he could. We have not seen the best football of Bryce Young because of what's around him. And also, you know, he's only started three games in the NFL. So I guess I give him a C plus considering the situation that's around him and also just some of the mistakes he's also made uh, that have cost Carolina Panthers in his first three starts of his career. You mentioned Frank Reich. I wonder about what Deuce Staley, DJ Chark, Todd Wash, what they're all telling Frank about what they know, because the Lions coaching staff is really, really tight knit group. They yeah. were last year. Um, you know, Deuce, obviously, we saw it on Hard Knocks, how close he was with Aaron Glenn, uh, the jabbering that went back and forth between the two of them on Hard Knocks. That was a big loss for the Lions staff when, when Deuce Daly decided to go with Frank Reich, and I get why he did it. Uh, the Todd Wash thing was a little bit surprising, but I know he's had a history of kind of moving around and is is, is more of a Southern guy, but Interesting mm -hmm. seeing kind of what Frank Reich has dialed up for this game. And it, it's interesting you mentioned that because he's ultra conservative as a coach. I don't have to tell you that. You see him more than me. I just yeah. followed him so closely with the Colts. And you're right. When they went after Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson is notorious for, hey, look, we're going to gamble a little bit. We're going to run a hook and ladder at Green Bay. We're going to do, you know, fourth and one and throw it to Penny Sewell. You know, Ben Johnson's really, really ultra creative. And, and, and you wonder 
how that kind of plays out uh, uh, this week, you know, when these two teams get together. Yeah, it's going to be uh, two offenses that are going in completely different directions. And it's been fun to see what Ben Johnson's done schematically and also watch Jared Goff, who, I mean, people cast him to the side when he got dra- when he got traded, rather, to Detroit. People just thought, okay, he's going to be here for a year. The Lions would good draft a quarterback. And uh, that does not appear to be the long-term plan right now based off of how he's performed. And I know what Jameson Williams is also, he's el- eligible to play this week after the yes. gambling stuff and that suspension. So what's the expectation for him heading into this Sunday? I don't have high expectations. I'm not even 100% sure he dresses, to be honest. I, I, okay. think, I think he will, but it, it's not a lock. I mean, I think he's way behind. And uh, Dan Campbell kind of made a comment earlier this week, like, we just want him to be reliable, catch the football, and do his job. And so, well, listen, you drafted him in the first round last year to be a home run hitter, and he played you know a handful of games last year and didn't do much. It's a dis- bit of disappointment. Now he says he's healthy with the hamstring. He's back from the gambling suspension. Uh, I wonder too. I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you, Julian, on on really what we're going to see from JMO this coming weekend. All right. When we come back, let's talk some matchups. We will do that right here on the Thursday crossover brought to you by our friends at prize picks. And speaking of prize picks, let's uh, talk about what you can do. It's simple. It's a lot of fun. You're playing against basically the numbers. All right. You pick more or less than on more than or less than than two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. It is simple. A lot of fun. Prize picks is the most fun. Julie and I have had winning up to 25 times our money this football season. It's simple. You make some predictions. Justin Jefferson, you honestly think he's going to go less than 100 yards this weekend? Maybe he will. You put your money down on that. Lamar Jackson, maybe more or less than one passing touchdown. Pick your best players. You have some fun. You throw down some money. And the great thing is you can turn $10 into $250 with prize picks. It's pretty simple. You don't, uh, you don't need to have a ton of knowledge of every team or everything else. It makes watching the games fun when you root for players to go above or beyond their expectations when it comes to the stats. And again, you're playing against yourself, not against anybody else. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers, three and one Lions, 0 and four Panthers coming up this Sunday. Of course, last year, Julian was a stunner. I know the field had its issues. I know the Lions use it as an excuse, but Carolina absolutely walloped the Lions last year. Any, any chance that happens again in your mind? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, it was a franchise record for uh, total yards on offense and rushing yards on offense. And yeah, it was certainly stunning considering Carolina Panthers had a bad offense last year, but they had an offensive identity. That's the thing that Panthers offense currently does not have right now. Last year, they wanted to run the football because they knew they had bad quarterback play. I think it was Sam Darnold who was starting that game at that point in the season. Yep. Yeah, it was like Christmas Eve. So yeah, Sam Darnold was back from the ankle issue and he was starting, but it wasn't like Sam Darnold was going out there and, and throwing the rock around. It was just, hey, pound it with Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, that offensive line that was healthy and had a lot of chemistry last year. I don't expect that to be the case considering how the Panthers have really struggled to run the football and well, struggled to do anything positively on offense so far through the first four weeks of the season, whether it's been Bryce or Andy Dalton there at quarterback. All right, give me a matchup because, uh, like I said, I think the Lions' run defense is, is a lot more improved than it was a year yeah. ago. That, that was a bad performance in that week because the Lion defense had played better. But what's something you're looking at uh, matchup-wise uh, Sunday? 
I mean, honestly, that's that's kind of a matchup right there. Just the run game in general on both sides of the ball. But for the Panthers, they have not run the ball well so far this season, only averaging 95.3 yards per carry and or per, um, per game, four point yards per carry. And I understand the Lions have the best rushing defense in the league so far, only allowing 60.8 and 3.0 yards per carry, which is second in the league. So I don't know if the Panthers are going to be able to finally establish the run. They, they tried to do it on Sunday after – Getting away from week two and week three, they did a good job week one against the Falcons. So that's something that I think the Carolina Panthers are going to have to do to give Bryce Young an opportunity. The Lions offense can obviously put up points at home. I know the fourth field sold out throughout the regular season. Great to see that for a fan base that has seen a lot of bad football. And the Carolina Panthers fans are now going through that, not to the same degree, and for the same length as Lions fans, of course. But that's what the Panthers are going to need, be able to run the football and then be able to stop the run. Right now, the Carolina Panthers are allowing – 136 yards on the ground to their opponents. Every opponent's ran for over 130 in each of their games. The Lions are averaging right there at that number, 136.5. So being able to force the Lions maybe be more pass-heavy instead of being a team that can run on you and control and dictate the tempo, that's what the Carolina Panthers need to do. The Panthers passing defense with three of the four starters who were out on Sunday with Dante Jackson going out with that shoulder injury in the first half. They were down him. Xavier Woods, the safety, he's out right now with a hamstring for the foreseeable future. J.C. Horn, the corner, is also out with a hamstring for the foreseeable future. Despite all of that, they have the sixth best passing defense in the NFL. So if they're able to be able to stop the run, then they have an opportunity to where maybe they can get after Jared Goff, and he's been prone to turn the football over even as he's played well in Detroit, especially the last 14 games or so. That's kind of their key to being able to be in this game on the road in an environment that I think is going to be really charged up to play a team and kind of, you know, the bounce back after last year, as you mentioned, was a stunner in the manner that it happened against the Lions as the Panthers won that game at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the two things that come to mind for me matchup-wise, number one is the Lions' ground game. You mentioned Carolina's issues right now, giving up uh, yards. The Lions just pounded the Packers last Thursday night. I know you saw it. David Montgomery, uh, you know, 32 carries, 121 yards. Jameer Gibbs can do his thing, too. I really think if the Lions are establishing that ground game, kind of doing what Carolina did to the Lions last year, I think it's going to be a good day at Ford Field for the home team. That's number one. Number two, I'm interested in seeing, you mentioned Ekwanu and his struggles, and I really liked him coming out of college, but are they going to move Aiden Hutchinson over to the left side to really pick on him? Because Aiden, for the most part, has gone up against right tackles this season. He's had a really good year. Uh, week one against Taylor, all the all the false starts that weren't called on Taylor, the Chiefs right tackle. Uh, yeah, finally, Juwan Taylor got a couple called recently, but <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson has been very disruptive. And like you said, if Ekwanu is – He's got a happy feet and he's struggling and he's false starting. Would they move Hutchinson over on a few few downs just to to make Equanu think, oh, I'm going up against the Lions' best edge rusher because Hutchinson, hands down, is the Lions' best pass rusher. I know you guys have that kind of situation with Burns, but like mm-hmm. Aiden's been great. So I, I wonder about moving him over a little bit and having him go up against the left tackle. I know they like rushing him from the right side if you're on the offensive line's right side, the Lions' left end. Um, keep an eye on that because it's been that sort of set the tone the last couple of weeks after they could not touch Geno Smith in week two. The, the the pass rush the last two weeks, 12 sacks has been pretty darn good. Yeah, the Panthers just gave up five sacks uh, on Sunday and f- all five of those came in the second half and three uh, from Harrison Smith, who showed the same look three times in a row, went unblocked each one of those times. It's just incredible for a guy who had never had 
two sacks in a game, went out there and had three sacks. He had the really the sack that changed the, t- the tide of the game as Bryce Young got sacked, fumbled the ball, there's a turn for a touchdown. Then he ended the game with a sack that led them to the second and 18, third and 18, and fourth and 18, where he didn't close out the game with a sack. Yeah, it would make sense uh, if the Lions are smart, which I, I do think they are, that they would probably try and get Aiden Hutchinson over there on Aquano because they don't do that. Then they're kind of playing into the Panthers' hand by having him go up against Taylor Moten, who has been really the only consistent part of this offensive line over the last five years, where there's been consistent turnstiles at left tackle, um, figuratively and literally, and there's been constant injuries in the interior. The only guy that's held up who's played in all those games that's consistently graded high on the pro football focus, that has been Taylor Moten. So if Aiden Hutchinson on that side – Carolina fans are going to feel good about that in that matchup. But if they put him over there by Aquanu, who has struggled so far the first couple weeks of the season, which has been surprising to all of us. And I know fans were concerned about the offensive line during the preseason, and you couldn't have foreseen the Brady Christensen injury as he's out for the season with a bicep. But I didn't really get all that concern after what I saw from Aquanu last year following the first two weeks of the season where he struggled. But what I've seen through the first four weeks, especially how he's been giving up some timely sacks and also the untimely penalties, like that's one of the things where – as you mentioned, that could be a matchup to watch out on Sunday. I just think also from an advantage perspective for the Carolina Panthers, I mean, the, the Lions got a great offensive line, but if they're going to be able to to kind of get them off their spot as far as get Derek Goff off his spot and be able to create some havoc, a guy like Derek Brown, he's going to have to do it, especially stopping the run. It's honestly surprising looking at it, knowing how bad they've been, but he's played a ton of snaps. ESPN and their run stop win rate has him third mm-hmm. in the NFL among defensive tackles. So just looking at that matchup with that was a Graham Glasgow who's in there in the interior. who has been playing pretty yep. well for the Lions. Yep. Like that's a matchup that I'm looking at for the Carolina Panthers where Derek Brown can take advantage of that, you know, be able to stop him from the interior, be able to run the football, then yep. maybe allow Brian Burns on the outside to get after him. And the Lions have two great tackles as well. Pedea Sewell's a guy that, I wanted badly a couple of years ago uh, before the Lions took him right ahead of the Carolina Panthers. Like that's something where the Carolina Panthers really need Brown in the interior to really cause some havoc there, stopping the run, maybe get after the passer, and then allow Brian Burns on the outside to try and control the game as well. You wanted Sewell. I uh, I was a big Jeremy Chin fan. That's who I wanted the Lions to uh, take. Okay, and, uh, you got a good. You one want to trade? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not making that deal, but. <laughs> You're going to have to give us Moten, too, but uh, that's uh, that's good stuff. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk about how the Panthers win this game, how the Lions win this game. We'll get some predictions as well. Matt Darian, Julian Council with you on Locked on Lions and Locked on Panthers, the Thursday crossover edition. But first things first, let's talk about our friends at FanDuel. stepping into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You're thinking about joining FanDuel? It's no better time to get in on the action right now. we got well, Thursday night football tonight with the pathetic Bears playing. Put some money down, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. And... Lockdown Lions and Lockdown Panthers is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are looking for therapy, you're not sure who to talk to, you're not sure to where to turn, ever feel like your brain is getting in the way? Well, that's why you got to turn to somebody like BetterHelp. They are fantastic. It really is. Think about starting up therapy. Give them a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at no additional charge any time you want. It's awesome. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Really, give it a shot. 
It's awesome. Go to the website, betterhelp.com slash locked on. You'll get 10% off your first month. It's better help. Better, B-E-T-T-R, help, H-E-L-P with a P, betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, back on the uh, program here, Thursday crossover, Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Julian Council from Locked On Panthers, 3-1 and one meets 0-4 coming up uh, this Sunday. These two teams met in the preseason finale, which was not really much of an interesting game, Julian. No. I just knew, by the way, <laughs> I watched Matt Corral in that game, and I went, if the Panthers don't cut Matt Corral, they have no idea what they're doing, and they did. He was so bad in that game. So yeah. bad in that game, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the uh, many bad uh, decisions that Scott Fitter, the general manager, has made over the last uh, couple of seasons since taking over. And part of the reason why the fans are kind of wanting him to get out of here after trading Already? for him. Yeah, I know. It's um, Wow. I feel like a lot of decisions that were made under Matt Rule were Matt Rule. David Tepper, the owner here, has said that he would likely not have an arrangement like that with a head coach again where the head coach had as much power as Rule had. So I don't know how much of that was really Scott Bitter, but he certainly can't be completely absolved of the blame of the last couple of seasons. But yes, fans, um, after an 0-4 start, they're looking at someone who's been around for longer than Frank Reich to try and place the blame on. And looking at the roster, especially at the wide receiver spots and some other holes on the roster, they're looking at Scott Bitter as a, the one to blame in the situation. So yeah, but Matt Corral, there was a bad decision in the first place when they did that. It was a panic move. They should have they should have facilitated the trade of Baker Mayfield that night. I don't know what the holdup was with the Browns who had no leverage, but they decided, oh, well, we got to bring in a quarterback. Otherwise, our fans will be upset. So they get Matt Corral, and he looked bad in the preseason last year before getting injured, and this year he also did not look great. So, yeah, yeah. it made sense that they cut him. All right, how do the Lions win? I'll start, and then we'll get to the Panthers. Um, yeah. You mentioned it. Uh, the Lions cannot allow what la- happened last year on the ground. I mean – I know now it's Hubbard and it's Miles Sanders, but um, that cannot happen. The Lions have got to tighten up that run defense against Carolina. I know it was late last year. I know this is a new team. Got guys like Derek Barnes who are playing more at linebacker. Uh, you, you've added Brian Branch. If he's healthy, the guy's a sure tackler. Guys have stepped up and improved. Aline McNeil is a new player now on that interior of the defensive line. So that's number one, just stopping Carolina's run game. Because like you said, Frank Reich wants to run the ball. He always has. Going back to Philly, Indy, whatever. And uh, uh, that worked last year. And number two is that whole letdown thing. I mean, if the Lions come in, last time the you know, Lions won against Kansas City, came home for week two, they had this whole ski mask thing going with, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And yeah, the fans should all wear ski masks. Hey, this could be great, home opener. And they lost. And they didn't play well. And yes, they put up 31 against Seattle, but they couldn't stop them. Yeah. Coming in this week, it's got to be all business. It's got to be tight and not even thinking about next week or not even thinking that Carolina is going to be a pushover. So I just think if they show up, play hard and, and play smart and do what they did in Green Bay, play with that edge on the road, but do it at home. I think the Lions uh, will win the football game. What about uh, what about Carolina? Yeah, it's, all, it's, it's an interesting concept to have a look-ahead game in the NFL, especially this early on in the season. And the Buccaneers have been a surprise. I mean, I haven't watched a second of the Bucs, but apparently Baker Mayfield is playing pretty well, which is, hey, good for him. Unfortunately, it didn't work out in Carolina. Panthers didn't really put him in a great situation waiting until July uh, to bring him into town. So good for him. But I, it's interesting that like that's the game that potentially could be like a look at for the Lions. I do think the Panthers will have their attention knowing how things went last year. And Dan Campbell, offensive line guy, he, he knows how things went down last year. That kind of coach is not going to want to get pushed around at the line of scrimmage two years in a row by the same football team. Understand it. it yes. New coaching staff, some new players. 
he does not want to allow the Detroit Lions to get run over like that. But Frank Reich has to find a way with this offense to provide a little bit more creativity in the pass game and even in the run game. Like Miles Sanders, he was on the um, injury report all last week, limited with groin. He was limited again here on Wednesday leading up to the game with the groin. Chuba Hubbard has looked much better than Miles Sanders. And I've wondered, even dating back to week one, whether Sanders is even healthy because he missed all preseason with a groin injury. And it's clear that he's not 100%. Allow Chuba Hubbard an opportunity. He ran the ball well week one against the Falcons. He ran it hard in the preseason, preseason to preseason, but he ran it well last year against the Lions. So why not get him more involved? So the Panthers really need to find a way to establish the run game with Chuba Hubbard as a focal point at the running back on Sunday. That can then allow your rookie quarterback to making his first start on the road because he didn't play in Seattle a couple weeks ago. I expect it will be a hostile environment, not nearly as loud as it is, of course, in Seattle. But I, you got to give your rookie quarterback an opportunity to where he's not the one having to go out there and win the game for you. Wide receivers need to get some separation, find a way to maybe scheme it up, get guys like LaVishka Chenault more involved because it just feels like, okay, if Adam Thielen's not open, then what are we going to do on offense? That's how the Panthers have kind of gone about things the last couple of weeks and trying and stretch the field with DJ Chark. Obviously, this coaching staff's familiar with him. The Panthers brought in Shark to do that. Defensively, get after the passer. You get after Goff. You can be able to control the line of scrimmage if possible. Like, that's the way they can win this football game. And I look at the two games they had before the bye. Like, I don't think they're going to win next week in, in Miami. I don't particularly think that they're going to win on Sunday against Detroit. But that, this would be the game that I could see them being able to win. Because, hey, any given Sunday, it's the NFL. Things happen, as, as we know. So that's what the Panthers have to do if they want to have a chance to win this game on Sunday. And they've held a lead in all four of the games that they played so far. Wow. They were a better team than the Falcons week one. They just turned the ball over three times. The Saints, it was ugly both sides, but the Panthers just gave up a couple big pass plays in the second half. But they had a lead at half in that game. They led on the road in Seattle at the half. They had the Seahawks over three in the red zone in the first half. Damn. Same with the Saints the week before. They were up by 10. A week ago before hmm. Minnesota even got on the board. So it's not like this team's getting their doors blown off of. Now they've yet to cover that this is an opportunity since it's a nine point spread to actually cover <laughs> in this game. But the Carolina Panthers have been in these games. They've thrown away a couple of these opportunities. They probably should be two and two more than zero oh and four. So this is not like a team when you look at how they play that's been just downright awful. They beat themselves a couple of times and also they have some inefficiencies that have led to some of those losses. So this is a game they absolutely can win. All right. Here's what I'm going to go with. I'm not going to say they're going to cover, but they're not going to lose. Uh, uh, or they're not going to not cover. It's going to be a push. I got Detroit 30, Carolina 21. I think Vegas always knows. I think it'll be right on the number at nine. Um, I just I think rookie quarterback, like you mentioned, the iffy, iffy weapons and the Lions with that crowd and just how they've been playing defensively. I, I like Detroit to win 30 to 21. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I would lean Lions to win this football game. I think the Panthers can win, as I mentioned. I, I think they'll they'll cover because nine-point spread might be a little bit too big. Uh, and they, the last couple have been more like toss-ups, if anything. Uh, so I, I think the Panthers, it's hard for me to pick them to win right now, just considering everything that's going on and everything that I've seen, even though they, as Frank Reich says, oh, they're not that far away, which I can see what he's talking about. But this is a, it's difficult to see a path. I mean, it's, you can see a path to victory, but it's difficult to really buy into that and to want to bet on that heading into Sunday and even looking at next week in Miami. Like 0-6 feels um, like the most likely uh, hmm. scenario for the Carolina Panthers heading into the bye week. But this is a game they can win. And if they do, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but we would be surprised to get blown out because they have not played that poorly to where that would be the a scenario on Sunday. So yeah, the Lions 
they should be favored and they probably will take care of business. All right, Julian, great to uh, catch up, my friend. Uh, all the best for Sunday. Yep, wish you guys the best and uh, happy to see how things are going for the folks up there in Detroit because it's been Thank a you. long time. And I, I, hell, as someone who grew up down here and always on Thanksgiving had to watch the Lions yeah. play, I'm yeah. glad that the, we're no longer wasting our time because I would not watch <laughs> the game. For three hours, I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to go watch some random college basketball game that's being played in Orlando as I've been watching the Lions. So thank you. Thank you for saving America from three wasted hours on Thanksgiving by being competent. I love what Dan Campbell's done so far. Best luck to you all the rest of the way. And maybe you win the NFC North this year. That'd be great. No, I think they're going to. And I think the Panthers, there's a lot of talent there. So they got to bring it all together. But uh, there he is, Julian Council, Locked On Panthers. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. It's been your Thursday crossover. We both... Be back tomorrow with Friday editions. We've been brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks for the Thursday crossover.